York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Ah, so nice. They've had me do it twice. The suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks here at WABC. John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis, owners and operators of this great, iconic coal-lettered station that they rescued from the abyss. WABC has turned it out so that we can have live and local programming all day long, unlike what I was used to in my over 30 years of broadcasting and talk radio, most of it here at WABC. Boy, do they have a spread in the kitchen for everybody who has shown up. Whether you're a board operator, a phone screener, a producer, a news person, behind the scenes person, or in uh, the face of yours truly uh, scoring the Troika, the Trifecta, the Trinity, I'll be making three appearances within uh, 24 hours. Having first joined all of you with Christopher Hahn, Chris Hahn, as he likes to be referred to, the aggressive progressive, as he was basting his turkey. He's a real mamaluke. He was uh, Maytag, as his uh, wife told him, hey, Chris, you're not going into WABC. Uh, you got to prepare the turkey and all the trimmings and everything else that goes along with it for their 20 guests somewhere out there in unknown parts of Suffolk County. But he'll be joining me tomorrow morning as we continue our substitution for the boys. Bernard McGurk, who is in the Irish Alps. His partner, Sid Rosenberg, who's in the Jewish Himalayas, both of them in the uh, Catskills with their family and friends. And so tomorrow, uh, I'll be doing it again, this time with Chris Hahn in studio. It'll be good from 6 to 10. But right now, I'm substituting for Greg Kelly. He's the guy you normally hear from about 1.15 after the O'Reilly update to 3 o'clock. And then my Cheech Rudy Giuliani, will be here. But we had some momentous news earlier in the day, right before I took to the microphones at 6 a.m. During the hour update of news that Frank Morano hosts with Jet Set Juliet about halfway through the process, uh, Frank Morano heard from his uh, lovely wife, uh, Rachel, that she, she uh, the baby was coming. You know, she cut the water. It was coming. There's no turning back. And actually, he shot out of here like a bat out of hell. I think he must have collected maybe 20, 30 uh, uh, tickets on the way uh, through uh, the bridge, Verrazano Bridge out of Staten Island on Highland Boulevard, where they have, like, speed cameras every five feet. He has joined his wife, Rachel. Uh, we'll give you the updates uh, through this show. And when I return, doing his The Other Side of Midnight tonight from 1 to 5, and then hook it up with Chris Hahn. So actually, I will have uh, hosted four shows, count that four shows, and that is not my record here at WABC. Oh, no, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time, a Memorial Day weekend, it seems like a lifetime ago, when I was substituting for the rock-ribbed old American conservative voice of reason from Franklin Square, Long Island, Sean Hannity, when he was doing the 3 to 6 o'clock show. It was right on a Friday. And almost every other host or hostess had asked me, hey, you know, uh, could you substitute for me? And I just kept filling up my dance card. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time all was said and done, I started at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. And the uh, program director at that time, Phil Boyce, tuned in on Saturday afternoon at about 1 o'clock. And he was surprised to hear that I was on. He called the board up and the engineer and the phone screener. And he said, "Uh, how come Curtis is there? Is someone sick? So, no, he never left. 
I was on almost 24 straight hours. I think I continued on to about 32 or 36 hours. I think that's the record uh, here at WABC, my place to be. But feel free uh, to call in. I know many of you are without family and friends on a day like today, Thanksgiving, so it can be very, very depressing. And so WABC is always your friend in good times, in bad times, in happy times, in sad times. Because you you know most of the talk show hosts and hostesses here. You know them not only as personalities, but they conveyed to you who they are, what their families are all about, who's involved in their families. Also, they convey their good times and bad times. They're not enigmas. Certainly that's not the case with Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg in the morning. You know all about them. You certainly know about Greg Kelly, who I'm substituting for now, son of one of the greatest police commissioners of all time, Ray Kelly. And you certainly know everything about Mike Kumbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, who follows. Uh, so uh, let's open up those phone lines, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC for whatever's on your mind. So in honor of Frank Morano uh, and his wife, Rachel, uh, probably giving birth at some point of today's Thanksgiving. I am going to rename this national holiday Franksgiving. Although it's not the first time it's ever been renamed Franksgiving. It actually occurred historically in 1939 because FDR wanted to uh, jumpstart the economy. It was right before WW2. We were still in the Depression. He wanted an extra week of Christmas shopping. Uh, so they pushed it back a week uh, for an extra week of Christmas shopping. Uh, Joe Biden might do that. Uh, Our president later on will talk about the so-called shocking call, surprising call that Al Roker said that he had received from uh, President Joe Biden staying at that billionaire's house in Nantucket, which seems to be the hot spot for liberals, progressives and Democrats. But President Joe Biden phoned Al Roker in the middle of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade just a few hours ago talking about how America is back, we're here, we're doing it, we've landed with both feet on the ground, having survived the lockdown, the pandemic over the last two years, and hey, guess what? Everything's peachy. I don't know about that. But he certainly indicated that, and Al Roker in his typical, oh gosh, shucks, hold on, it's the president. Come on. You know, that was prearranged. Come on, Al. (laughs) Just say, hey, it's the president of the United States, Joe Biden, calling in, wanting to talk to all Americans who are gathered up with their family and friends watching the annual Macy's Day Parade. And I got to tell you how things are not the same. And it's not having to reflect on the economy or how things are going for people or as we crawl out of this pandemic and this lockdown and what has led to a recession. And now... Uh, a skyrocketing inflation. But I remember as a kid, you turn on TV, and probably some of you do also, we ended up watching three. That's right, count them, three separate Thanksgiving Day parades. And let me see if I remember them. First, you'd have on the parade from Philadelphia, uh, sponsored by their uh, large department store, the name of which uh, escapes my mind. 
Then there was the parade in Detroit, when Detroit was not only the automobile ca- uh, capital of America, but it was also the middle class, working class capital of America that had very few projects and mostly private homes. A lot of people don't know that. And I think that was sponsored by the Dayton, uh, the Dayton uh, uh, stores, huge department stores there in the Midwest. And then actually the granddaddy of them all, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade came on. And at the very end, you knew it was the very end because uh, all of a sudden you would see Santa Claus, Santa Claus on the sleigh. That would be the end of the parade. And you knew, okay, they're going to start hawking Christmas trees now. Christmas music is going to be played everywhere. And it's the mad rush to get the economy, especially the retail sector, out of the red and into the black with a few weeks remaining to actually Christmas itself. Well, because of the lockdown and pandemic, we've seen that we have not only a worker shortage, but we have a product shortage, uh, massive lines of uh, supplies have not reached their port of call or been distributed yet to their wholesale outlets or their retail outlets. And now we've been informed uh, at the end of the um, annual Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, the Macy's uh, Parade, that there is a Santa Claus shortage. That's right. There are not enough Santa Clauses to be utilized throughout the holiday, the Christmas season in America. Our numbers, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Let's uh, very quickly go to the telephones. Uh, first up in the queue on this Tom Turkey Thanksgiving Day is Angelo and Bayshore. Your turn to be heard, Angelo. Let's see if we get Angelo. Curtis, and thank you for taking my call. First, I just wanted to say... Oh, 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 hold, on, am- hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Got to do a little instruction here. I, I know you were thanking me for taking your call. <laughs> now, now, Angelo, let, let, let me ask you. you you're a pretty smart guy, right, Angelo? I like to think I am. Yeah. Ah, okay, we all like to think that we are. But you're like a dollar short in a day late, and I'll tell you what. i just been running my mouth for about, oh, a good five minutes to jumpstart the program uh, after the O'Reilly update. And I must have given the freaking numbers out like two or three times, right, for you to call in. Yeah. So why are you thanking me for taking your call if, in fact, I'm soliciting you to call in to see what's going on on your mind? Shouldn't I be thanking you because you actually took the time out of your busy day to call and sometimes okay. wait wait on the phone a month of Sundays? I I can see a point there, but first, and I want to thank you because I am so happy that you're back on the airways. And I truly was, not that I'm much of a player, but I truly was praying that you would win the meritorial run. Because the city needs a person like you who's been in the trenches, knows the ins and outs of the city. And to have some mama loop like we got this guy Adams there. Well, well, hold on and say, hold on, man. That's strike two. I'm not even going to give him a strike three on this Tom Turkey day. I'm not even going to give him a wishbone. I lost, and I lost convincingly, and we all want to make sure that the winner, Eric Adams, does well because our city is in desperate shape. So I'm supporting him. Hopefully he'll take the right course. We'll discuss it later on with the shooting of two police officers up in the Bronx last night and the outcome there. 
but we want him to succeed. And by the way, anybody, anybody could do a job better than Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who every time they would carve up a uh, tofu turkey at their uh, at Gracie Mansion, I guarantee you whenever they took out the wishbone, he always lost his wish. He, he wished that he could be president. Phenomenal. Now he wishes he could be governor. Phenomenal. He's in a drug-induced psychosis because I got to tell you, his problem, his biggest problem is smoking too much Maui Waui and Hindu Kush. And if you heard at the end of the Bill O'Reilly update, he was referring to a program on PBS by Nova in which they said uh, smoking too many ropes of dope is going to strain your brain. We used to have a commercial uh, by the uh, Drug-Free America Association, or words to that effect, where they would say, hey, smoking marijuana, it's like frying an egg. You know, it's like frying your brain, like frying eggs. Bill de Blasio will be a perfect poster child for that. The most inept, the most incompetent, the most inefficient, the most disconnected mayor of all time. And we've had a lot of bad mayors. But Eric Adams has got to do a better job than him. In fact, if it was only Zippy the Chimp versus Bill de Blasio, you would have had to have elected Zippy the Chimp because he could even do a better job. Our numbers, 1-800-848-9222. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. So this is my second substitution today on Tom Turkey Day for Greg Kelly. And then later on, I'll be substituting for Frank Morano on the other side of uh, Midnight. I've done that program before. I've done almost every time uh, imaginable in my career, 30 years on talk radio. And at one point, WABC stood for the acronym Always Broadcasting Curtis. But Frank Morano is uh, with his uh, lovely wife, Rachel. She broke water this morning. At any moment, uh, that baby uh, may pop. And so he's, uh, he's doing due diligence as a good daddy. And then I'll be rejoined with the uh, aggressive, progressive Chris Hahn, who was a real Maytag earlier today, because he had to be in the kitchen. He had to be cooking the turkey. His wife was saying, "Oh no, Chris Hahn, you're, you're not, you're not going, you're not going in the, into WABC into the studio. You're staying here, and you're going to be serving on twenty guests. And he is right now. He's wearing, he's got doilies out, you know, the settings on the uh, on the table. He's wearing the apron." He's got the mittens on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too bad we don't have pictures. I'd be loving to post that. Okay, so first, a little talk radio protocol. We have to go through this because too many of you while I was away, I think it was about eight months, launching my Don Quixote run to become mayor of the city of New York, you fell into bad habits. You know, I had I had a lot of you really trained, you know, because, hey, look, I gave you beatdowns, verbal beatdowns. But uh, you start calling, how you doing? What, what am I supposed to do? Hey, how you doing? I don't know your wife and kids. So, you know, like, knock that off. And then, like, our last caller, thank you for taking my call after I've solicited your call for, like, a month of Sundays, right? You don't got to do that. Yeah, just get right to it. And please, please, don't ever kick it with first-time caller, long-time listener. Ugh. That gives me agita. Okay? There are three things you have to abide by. Uh, so let's, uh, let's see if we can uh, go to uh, Greg in Vernon, New Jersey, on this Tom Turkey Day. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Greg. Curtis, this country is going in the wrong direction. Anybody 
over 45 years old should know it. I can't believe they're so stupid that they don't see it. And these dirty, filthy, grimy, slimy, useless Democrats, they're not only encouraging it, they're making it happen. It's disgusting. Well, oh, 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 oh. You know, Greg, this is one of the few holidays in the year, you know, it tries to bring us together. Man, you are, you are a grumpy curmudgeon. And by the way, weren't you, weren't you excited that President uh, Joe Biden... Uh, from uh, Nantucket, which seems to be the hot spot for Democrats, liberals, and progressives, hanging out with some billionaire at his home, decided to call in Al Roker, who act all surprised towards the end of the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and said, oh, it's the president on the line. Like, all of a sudden, he was getting a shiver up his spine. Come on, Al. You're originally from Canarsie. The Bayview Projects there, right along. Come on. I, I remember when uh, some of my cousins would be chasing you and your grace when you went to Xavier High School, Jesuit High School on 14th Street, and you had to wear the grace, the cadet uniform, I think three out of five days a week. Must have been some of my supreme cuisines. By the way, can I borrow the phrase from Cousin Brucey? He calls everyone cousins. How about if I call all of you supreme cuisines? Pretty much the same thing. Except more, more, more veered towards referring to Italian Americans. But poor Al Roker used to get chased all the way from the Bayview Projects exit 13 on the Bell Parkway, Canarsie, all the way down to the LL train. He used to stand for Lousy Line, last stop, uh, Rockaway Parkway, uh, in order to get to, uh, Xavier High School, the Jesuit High School. Oh, and he used to tell me how he'd catch a whooping from time to time. And then he'd be on the, the train. It was during the Vietnam War era. And others along the route would come up to him and spit on him and call him a baby killer because he was wearing the cadet grays. He, he was getting it all different ways. But he acts shocked today. It's the president calling. I'm shocked. He's telling us everything is back on track. Yes, according to President Joe Biden on that uh, phone uh, call that he made in to the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, he said America is back. Don't worry about inflation, sky high gas prices. Don't worry. Everything is okay. Really? Well, I guess if you're in Nantucket staying at the house of a billionaire, eh, things can't be too shaggy, right? Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's go to uh, Tommy, who's calling from Morris Park in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Curtis, I'm mad at you because you don't like the people in Staten Island. You wanted to vote for you. Go, Buchanan, go. 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 Go, that's Steve from Manhattan. He's been around as long as I've been in talk radio. He could simply just say, I'm Steve from Manhattan. Do his spiel. And then at the end of it, it's it's like his hashtag. Go Buchanan, go, go Buchanan, go. But I, I don't know. It's, it's something immature about the fact that he feels he's got to get that in first because somehow I'm going to introduce him to Mr. Click while he's in mid-sentence. <sighs> anyway, let's go to John, who's calling from Morrisville, PA. Your turn to be heard here at WABC on Tom Turkey Day, Johnny. Happy Thanksgiving, Curtis. 
Yeah, that, that great Frank Morano. Best wishes to uh, Morano and his wife, Rachel, on yes. the new baby. Yes, we got our and fingers crossed. And it's also known for uh, Frankie Russo. Oh, that's right. This holiday. I'm going to be battling him uh, as I go into the overnights tonight, and then he comes the next two nights from 1 to 5 in the morning. You you don't want to miss it tonight. I'm going to be giving him his uh, his uh, one-uppings. I play in ninth grade. I play JV soccer. He's on the JV team at WABC. He's got to be. He's got to get some, uh, you know, some amp in his game, huh? Yeah, he's got to get uh, some seasoning, some seniority. But I got to tell you, John, I'm going to drop you because I hate that fake, phony, fraudulent football that they spell with a U. Kickball, kickball. That's why I was all over the case earlier today of Chris Hahn. Who was like, uh, the only time he played American Smash Mouth football is he was a, a placeholder. Yeah, he actually was a placeholder at Albany University that I didn't even know had a football team, to be honest. I thought it was flag football, touch football, uh, you know, no, no touchy football, whatever. And apparently he was the placeholder and the kicker. A sidewinder. He did not kick uh, with no shoes on. He did not kick straight forward like uh, Lou Gross. Uh, he's one of these, uh, you know, what can I call him? Uh, Pete Gogolak style kickers, if you happen to be a giant fan of years ago like uh, me. Uh, let's go to David, who's calling from uh, Yonkers. Uh, welcome to WABC on Tom Turkey Day, Dave. Hi, Mr. Sliwa. Yes, I'm actually from Yonkers, but I'm actually living in Crown Heights for a long time now. And, and, and I wanted to thank you for a couple of years ago. We were having some problems here. There's always some trouble, but it's usually pretty peaceful. And you send a lot of guys over to 770 to, to help out and, and just make a presence in the neighborhood. And I appreciate that. We appreciate that. That was about three Hanukkahs ago. Remember, uh, guys with black hats were being attacked indiscriminately, not just in Crown Heights and Williamsburg, but Borough Park. Flatbush, mm-hmm. Midwood, and uh, I and the Guardian Angels were there to patrol and make sure the attack stopped. But I got to tell you, David, what the hell happened to the turnout of the Lubavitches in this election? I got killed I in Crown agree. Heights. I, I, I did not agree. I did not agree with the. I did not agree with the with the community leaders on on that. But you know, you know politics, right? Yeah, yeah. But wait a second, David. When there were the riots in Crown Heights. I was there 30 days, 30 nights with the Guardian Angels. Nobody else was there. How quickly the, the big mockers forgot. Meantime, I won Borough Park. I won Midwood. I won Flatbush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I won Bright uh, Beach. You're, you're what we call You are a righteous Gentile, Thank sir. you. Thank you. Thank you. By I, the way, I, I, uh, I don't know how to put uh, What are you having on your Tom Turkey uh, table? Is it Glock? <laughs> kosher? I'm get, I think maybe I'll get a turkey sandwich from Mendy's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mendy. I, I like it. I like it. But uh, let me also, I wanted to also ask you about, you use the term Mashiach. Uh, you say it like, you know, in the Hebrew sense once in a while. I know you usually refer to people who are too high in themselves. They think they're this. Uh, so I, I, I think it's funny. So how did you come across that term? The, uh, one well, of the well, Chabad because, guys? No, no, of course. Look, I, when I was there 30 days and 30 nights back in 1991 with the Guardian Angels, when the, my ah, fair-weather right, friends, yeah. the Lubavitchers, were under attack, and they seem to have forgotten me in this election cycle, uh, I was actually introduced to the uh, Rebbe Menachem Schneerson, who gave me two Rebbe dollars uh, on a Sunday sermon. Normally you get one Rebbe dollar. I got two. And there is a YouTube uh, um, uh, video. You have to go to it. It says, Curtis Lee and the Rebbe dollars. And according to... Um, 
those who are practitioners of Kabbalah, not Madonna, but others, they claim that my possession of the two Rebbe dollars in my uh, wallet that I carry with me everywhere that got uh, drenched with blood on June 19th, 1992, when on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr., I got shot five times with hollow-point bullets in the back of that yellow cab, that that was what saved my life. Now, do you think that's true, David? Wow. I know it's true. I, I heard, I've heard you say that, so I didn't know that part of the story, and that's, Amazing. Well, well, uh, you Amazing. better you better wake Listen, up. God protect. I know, God but you, everyone. I, I understand that, but you better wake up the rest of the Lubavitch. You say, hey, the next time I'm on Kingston and Eastern Parkway in front of the international headquarters of the World Lubavitch Movement, and I go inside into the shul in the synagogue. Hey, you all, you all patted me so hard, I had to go for a chiropractic adjustment during the campaign, and then all of a sudden. I look at the voter turnout in Crown Heights and say, what the hell is this? It's like I was a person of no consequence. Ah, Curtis Lee will not for- forget. I'm like an elephant. I never forget. Sometimes I forgive. I've had to be forgiven myself many, many times. Uh, but I will not forget that <clears throat> voting indiscretion. But thank you to all of my peeps in Burrow Park, in Flatbush, in Midwood, in Brighton Beach, big-time listeners. Um, Williamsburg wasn't too bad. I got to go have a bowl of chullin' at Gottlieb's. Yeah, God, I love Gottlieb's, love the chullin', except don't come within proximity to me for about an hour because if we light a match after eating chullin', we'll all be blown to kingdom come. Then uh, you'll have to pray to uh, uh, Hashem. I'll have to pray to J.C., our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Let's go right to the phones as I'm substituting for Greg Kelly today. I'll be back later in the, uh, the other side of midnight, substituting for Frank Morano, and then uh, hooked up with Chris Hahn in the morning as I substitute a help substitute for the boys. Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. You see, that's what I am now. I'm uh, like the ultimate, as you old-timers might know, Gil McDougal, who could play every position. Uh, you have a hole in the lineup, and I'm there to fill it up. Uh, like Swiss cheese, right? Boom! Just put Curtis Lee with In fact, that's why. Let's go to Dave in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here on Tom Turkey Day on WABC, Dave. Hi, Curtis. Dave from Westchester. Um, I listened to your show the other night where you have the kind of right and left. Um, I forget who the co-host was. Oh, the um, uh, Maytag uh, today, Chris Hahn. He was too busy making his turkey and his giblets yeah. and gravy this morning. Well, I, I think most of the problem in, in more of our politics nowadays is people get really poor information and then they um, pick a side way too quickly. Personally, when I was listening to the Rittenhouse thing, I just didn't take any side until I watched a lot of the courtroom stuff on replays, and then I took my side. But people, if they're watching MSNBC or CNN, they're telling me that uh, Kyle shot two black guys or they carried the gun across state line, several things that weren't done. So I think it leads to the, uh, the problem of we divide, we're getting bad information. But I have to call you out on one thing, because your co-host said, talked about the Trayvon Martin thing as a comparison. And you kind of went out and said, well, you know, he was trying to protect the neighborhood. He was kind of mope. But if that was the original rhetoric that came out from the press. If you look into it, there's a, a documentary about 
all the untruisms, and there's even a uh, couple books out there, including the uh, reluctant witness that, that did the case, and that's why he got off, not because of any other uh, legal tricks, but because the whole situation described in the press wasn't what they were actually saying. The main witness against them wasn't even the witness that was at the scene. No, no, no. Come I don't on. Know if, Dave, Dave. Put no, us, if you read the book. Hey, 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 look, look. That guy was a screwball. Did you see what happened to him after the trial? How many problems did he get involved with? I, I'm just going to say I'm asking you, night. how many problems has he gotten into since? Endless problems, always in battles, always in fights, domestic, I, strangers. I, I, I think if you listen to the press, that's what you get. But ah, if you come on. Listen, you really think Trayvon Martin should have been killed? Come on, Dave. No, no, no. I'm going to challenge you to, not to make up your mind, to research it better before you yeah, tell yeah, people yeah, on no, the no. news. Who knows? That's Wait a second, Dave. Who is an expert on vigilantism? In America. Uh, what's that? Who is the number one expert on vigilantism in America? I, I, I can say probably you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm telling you that I didn't know it until I researched the Zimmerman thing. I was, uh, had the complete wrong idea. Dave, Dave what, a, what a screwball Zimmerman was. <laughs> a total nut job. It's this kid, Trayvon Martin. I forget. I think it was even the All-Star game, NBA All-Star game. He went out to get some Skittles and something to drink. He's wearing a hoodie. Uh, here it is. Uh, all of a sudden, this guy who was uh, appointed himself a protector of this cul-de-sac community starts following him around. Come on. Come on. Zimmerman was looking for a problem. And then he created a bigger problem. And then he kills the guy. Uh, I, I, I don't see the comparison. Uh, with Rittenhouse, sorry, all different cases. That's why you got to judge him based on all different facts that a jury or their peers listen to. I disagree with the jury's finding in in uh, Orlando and Orange County about the uh, Zimmerman case uh, in killing Trayvon Martin. But I have to respect the jury's decision. Anyway, let's go to uh, the phones. It's Doug calling from Roslyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Doug. Curtis, happy Thanksgiving. Curtis, I want to tell you a story of how I learned about you. I think it's about 30 years ago. So I'm listening to talk radio back then with a transistor radio. And I forget who I started with like around 10 o'clock at night. But then a guy came on who you used to call the Looney Kazuni. I think his name was Art Bell. Yes. Okay, so then I would fall asleep to him. And then one night, I would say it was around 2 in the morning, and I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden I wake up to, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's you screaming, wake up, <laughs> because obviously there was no one listening and there was no one calling in. Do you remember that? I remember it quite well, and it's part of my uh, function there in hosting Theater of the Mind, because the closer you get to the witching hour, the more Theater of the Mind that is required from the host. That's why uh, our dynamic duo of Frank Morano, who is the uh, member of the Varsity Squad, and his uh, JV member, Frankie Russo, they do two totally different kind of programs, but it's, beautiful. it's beautifully done. Great theater of the mind. But I actually uh, had a war with Art Bell, that loony kazuni from Parts Unknown. At one point, Art Bell could be heard on almost every station across the nation. 
You could be driving through the Midwest and hear him simultaneously on three or four different stations late at night. He was that big. Originally born and raised, believe it or not, in Patterson, New Jersey. His father was the building superintendent, and he would go up on the rooftop, and with his little Sony transistor radio, he would listen to Long John Neville and Candy Jones on the old WMCA when they were the talk radio powerhouse uh, in our tri-state area. And Long John Neville and Candy Jones perfected theater of the mind. In fact, Long John Neville was so good, he had us believing that Candy Jones was his wife and a CIA agent. I mean, that's that's what you call great theater of the mind. And I would actually interrupt um, Art Bell's uh, programs late at night. I would pretend that I was at the tower of WABC at Lodi, New Jersey, and I had broken in. And I disconfigurated the sound so you would end up listening to me and not Art Bell. Uh, all the listeners would get very upset because he had very devoted listeners. I mean, he had a big fan base, and they'd be calling up from all over the nation, you got to fire that guy. And when I met Art Bell, he was having a, a book signing in Rockefeller Center. He was on the Today Show. I showed up, right? I had people holding up signs outside, you know, through the plate glass window that said, Art Bell is the Antichrist, 666. Everybody else was offended, but Art Bell understood. It was all theater of the mind. Unfortunately, he's no longer here. He used to do his program from Pahrump out in Nevada in the shadow of Las Vegas. You could see the lights, the, the, the twilight of lights in the distance. It was a one light town, one light traffic light in Pahrump. The chicken shack was nearby where prostitution was legal. And Art Bell, as great as he was overnight, would actually do his coast to coast programs from a double wide body trailer. I mean, it, 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 it didn't get any better than that. Anyway, uh, let's go to Shell, who's calling from Bergen County. Your turn to be heard here on Tom Turkey Day at WABC, Shell. Yes, I've been, uh, Curtis, I've been following you since uh, you were uh, so-called the police and a lot of the press quotes were vigilante. But on this day of Thanksgiving, people giving thanks, one of the things I think um, your listeners and everyone else should be reminded to give thanks for is you. Um, through the Guardian Angels, you've given security to hundreds of thousands of people. And, um, you know, without security and living, there's not much to do, not much you can do. Um, you're, you inspire people on your radio shows, you know, and, all, and you ran for mayor. All of this is from nothing. It's just from idea in your head. Um, I think you're a great person. My girlfriend's from Chicago. She had no idea who you were. We met you at, uh, she met you at Catsbury. Remember the smoker, Smokey Catsbury? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And so she started listening to you, and it was at the time period when the pigeons were following you. And she was so inspired and enjoyed listening to you that she made the sculpture with you as a cat with the, yeah, I kept putting that on your Facebook page. I thought maybe when you ran for mayor, we can have like a celebrity auction and get millions of dollars for this piece. Yeah, well, remember, the one thing about my run for mayor and generally about my life is I came into the world with Ugats, bupkis. Right, exactly. Uh, Nothing, uh, not two nickels to rub together. And I will leave this world at some point. I'm really running out of ni- uh, lives. You know, I have nine lives like uh, the 17 rescue cats that I have with my wife, Nancy, in our uh, Upper West Side apartment. So I think I've used like eight of my uh, nine lives, cat lives. And as we're doing the broadcast today, 
If you look out of the windows of the studios of WABC, it's a scene out of The Birds. Remember one of the greatest films of all time, Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. There are at least 100 100 pigeons waiting for me outside because they know when I get outside, I'm going to feed them great wild bird seed. And even though I'll enter the subway, because I always take the subway, they will figure out my route, like homing pigeons that they are, and they will meet me on the other end on the Upper West Side, and they will follow me to my apartment, and then all the cats are in the window, and they tease the cats. They actually come up to the cats, and they put their beaks in the window like, ha-ha, you can't touch this like MC Hammer. Anyway, I appreciate uh, I appreciate uh, all of the yeah, and, and you're not you're not going to leave this world with nothing. You're gonna you're gonna leave um, inspiration. You know whether people remember you or not, but little things alter people's lives. You know, and you'll never ever know all the through the guardian angels, all those people that you made feel safe to get a job, to do this, to go out. Your talks on the radio. Open up other people's ideas. Yeah, well, especially uh, nothing. Yeah, you know? sh- yeah, especially a day like this Thanksgiving, where people, for some, they actually decide to do something good. If you go to the Facebook page, you'll actually see where uh, one of my guardian angel patrols in uh, West Harlem came across an African American guy who was poor, impoverished, indigent. He was out in the street. He was shivering. He was crying. He had no shoes, only socks. And so uh, there was no uh, city intervention, not not under the Blasio, there's nothing. So they just pooled their money and they went across the street. Marshalls was still open. They bought him a pair of shoes and gave it to him. And see, that's what we all have to start doing on a regular basis, showing compassion and caring. That's what a lot of my campaign for mayor was about because the city, in many instances, doesn't seem to show compassion or any caring, especially at the mayoral level. Hopefully that will change with Eric Adams because it was horrible under Bill de Blasio. But these are the things that we have to do on a regular basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC at WABCRadio.com. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. That's number two. The program that I'm substituting for today, Greg Kelly, normally sitting here. As you know, very proud of his daddy, Ray Kelly, longest-serving police commissioner of all time in New York City. And I got to tell you, I was probably most friendly with Ray Kelly out of all the police commissioners. Most of them hated my guts, looked to have me locked up. I was okay with Bratton. Uh, I was okay uh, with uh, some some of the other police commissioners. But Ray Kelly was definitely my, my favorite. You could have an actual normal kind of a conversation, even though... He was the police commissioner. But let's go to the uh, crime blotter report, because even on a day like Thanksgiving, it's horrendous, not only here, but all over the country. Our lead news story occurred up in the 48th precinct in the Bronx, not far from where I started the Guardian Angels 42 years ago at that McDonald's where I was a night manager in the Fordham section. It was a 911 call. It was 8 p.m. last night. On East 187th Street, 
that call said there was a man with a gun. And so the police responded. There was Alejandre Jacobs, female police officer, and Robert Holmes. And what happened is they approached a man who matched the description of the 911 call. He was uh, sitting on a stoop, and they told him to take his hands out of his pocket. Well, he did exactly that, except in one hand there was a aruga, and he opened fire. And he shot Alejandre, the female police officer, just a year on the job, who originally was uh, with the U.S. Air Force. She returned five shots as she was getting shot twice in the upper arm. Then the eight-year veteran cop, Robin Holmes, got into a struggle with uh, the suspect, who turned out uh, to be uh, his name, Charlie Vasquez. Only 23, and yet had a rap sheet of serious nine prior arrests. And the gun that he had had been stolen a year ago in a robbery in Georgia and made its way up the iron pipeline from below the uh, Mason-Dixon line uh, to New York City. And so as the eight-year veteran of the police department, Robert Holmes, is struggling with the, uh, the uh, gun-carrying thug, he gets shot in the armpit. Both those uh, police officers uh, are recovering. I believe one of them is being released today from Barnabas uh, uh, Hospital right there near the Belmont section of the Bronx. Uh, the thug is in serious condition. Good riddance to him. But it just tells you uh, the kind of problems that the police have because of the number of gun toters that they're on the streets who are brazen. They're open about it. They don't care. They basically, uh, I've seen them in situations where they're pointing guns in the air like the old uh, Onyx rap group. Uh, guns in the air, they just don't care, and they're popping shots. Go ahead, call 911. Ain't nothing going to happen. And sometimes nothing does happen. But two heroic police officers and the others who responded uh, to that 911 call about a gun-toting thug. This is what cops go through all the time. And they rarely get back up. And in fact, it was up to the AOCs of the world, all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialists, the Justice Warriors. They would probably have some form of remediation now once uh, this enemy of society, Charlie Vasquez, uh, recovers. They'll probably say, you know what's best? Well, why stick him in jail? Why not put him in a room, uh, not at the precinct, because that might be hostile, but at a, a separate location, and have them talk out their differences? And maybe, just maybe, it'll have a different effect on Charlie Vasquez. And don't give him any jail time. Certainly don't put him on Rikers Island. Just release him, because he'll probably have learned a lesson. That's how crazy... These Democratic Socialists of America, these justice warriors are. On that same note, as our newscaster indicated, Rodney Harrison, who's chief of the department, is the uh, number two guy to the police commissioner, Dermot Shea, in the ranks, originally from the island of Jamaica. He worked his way up the ranks. I think I first met him at the 114th Precinct in Queens. I'm not quite sure. I never liked the guy, Rodney Harrison. Uh, you know, during the mayoral campaign, I would show up at a crime scene with the Guardian Angels and he would, like, treat me like a person of no consequence, even though we had seen each other over the years. I never liked being distant, dismissed like that. But I have a feeling that a lot of the white shirts, the brass in the NYPD, are going to be clearing out their uh, desks, turning in their shields, filing for retirement, because uh, they're not going to get their appointments uh, either renewed by the incoming mayor, Eric Adams, 
or they won't get the desired positions that they had hoped for. Uh, I am concerned in one area about Eric Adams. He, he and his uh, supporters in his campaign, they keep talking about how they want to interview the police commissioner, African-American female in Philadelphia. First off, her last name is Outlaw. Uh, she's a police commissioner. Well, we, we don't need a police commissioner with the last name named Outlaw. I'm sorry. There's something about that last name as police commissioner that suggests that you're not going to be that tough on thugs and thugettes. Anyway, she's a horrible police commissioner. Philadelphia has never had more murders than they had this last year. And she originally was brought in from, that's right, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> where it's demonstration day sure that leads into rioting, shooting, and looting every night. We do not need that woman. And then apparently he's going to be talking uh, to the former police uh, commissioner in Seattle. Remember who was in charge when they had that chop, that seven-block district of total anarchy. When uh, the Antifa group took over one of the precincts there, and she did nothing to resist that. And yet, he seriously considering going outside of the department. Not going internally, but externally. And apparently these might be the two leading candidates, i got to tell you. That would be the mistake of all mistakes. Let's go back to the phones. It's Alan calling from Larchmont. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Alan. That name Outlaw's got to be a made-up name, Curtis, and it was a Crown Heights affair. You didn't get the votes and everything. You did a great job. Go, Buchanan, go. Go, Buchanan, go. Steve from Manhattan. You see, uh, the voice, he was, he went a cappella there for a second. Remember, he said, way up there, like a soprano, and tried to do a cappella. Crown Heights Affair. That was a great group uh, back when I was growing up in the disco years. Oh, yeah. Crown Heights Affair. They had a number of hits. What a guy, man. Even on a day like Thanksgiving, the poor guy, he's mumbling to himself, go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. He probably uh, has that that uh, Swanson TV frozen dinner in front of him right now, wondering, how do I heat this up? <laughs> Let me keep listening to WABC. Ha, ha, ha. Let's go to John. Whoa, let's go to Rich and I slip. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Richie Rich. Well, Mr. Curtis, uh, you ran a great campaign. Uh, congratulations. You should be proud. And you're even more gracious in defeat. Uh, what a mensch. Uh, you really uh given your support over to him. But if you don't mind, I want to uh, try out, which inevitably is going to come back. Um, uh Oh, man, what do we call it? Uh, fast, oh, my God, what do we call it? You see that? You didn't have your ginkgo this morning. You probably already had your turkey. Uh, tryptophan is kicked in, and you're a little <laughs> slow. A little slow. I get it. Hey, uh, turkey day, but you're a little slow. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do we call it? Uh, fastest? Oh, Curtis, help me. Well, well, what do you mean I'm supposed to help you? What do you think? I'm reading your mind, Rich? Think I'm a well, mind anyway, reader? I'm going to do it. I'm- I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I'm going to give you what I was saying. Uh, oh, I can't believe I'm drawing. Okay, so. All right, so I let think, me uh, let me, uh, uh, let me hypothesize what you're thinking. Are you talking rapid. about the anti-crime unit, the street crime unit, the undercover unit of the NYPD? No, rapid fire. Rapid fire when you get back. Oh, rapid fire. Oh, excuse yeah, me. I'm sorry. Mayor Copa, yeah. Mayor Copa, Mayor Maxima Copa, you're talking talk radio before I left. Uh, yes, to run for the mayor. That's right. I, would, I have a segment of the show in which I would cue all the callers up and I would give them 15 to 30 seconds to be heard and they had to be on point or I would introduce them to Mr. Click. 
<laughs> yes, you would. Oh, well, we'll see. So, we'll see. Some right, things, so- some things which you don't resurrect. You leave there. It's like a, a fish with a rotten oh, no. head. You no. don't resurrect no. a fish with a rotten head. You leave it buried like six feet under. They call it in Yiddish, drek, or the Italians will say it's uh, skifosa. It's no, so bad. You, you would have to no. bury it deep, deep in the ground like nuclear waste from Indian Point. No. Well, when you take, uh, well, this spot or whatever spot, you, no, rapid fire stays. I got to oh. tell you, Rich, I ain't taking nobody's spots. Everybody, it's a great lineup here at WABC. Uh, the uh, uh, the owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, he's put together a great management team. They really got this station in much better shape than uh, than before I left. Yeah, you look at the numbers, and no ones don't lie. You look at the analytics. No, no, they got some real superstars here at WABC, and Greg Kelly is certainly one of them. He's coming to his own in Talk Radio. I remember I was first listening to him. Because it was unexpected that I would leave. Nobody thought I would leave to run for mayor, and I did with the blessing of John Katzimatidis, but he had to fill in like three hours a day, prime time, 12 to 3. And he reached out to Greg Kelly, uh, who obviously is a star on TV, but it's not easy to make the transition. It's a lot easier to go from uh, radio to TV because in television, you're reading from the teleprompter. You have very little room to move. Much more difficult to go from talk TV to talk radio because now it's like freestyle. It's a lot of improv. Uh, you don't have anything, no teleprompter to read from at all. And Greg Kelly has made the transition excellently. In fact, I love his riffs about just riding the subways, which he does. I've seen him in the subways on two occasions. Riding city buses, which he does. And just making observations about city life since he is a city boy. I mean, to me, that's when he's at his very best. You see, when you're a talk radio host or hostess, you're a commentator about things that everybody, everybody is prone to see from time to time. And you come at it with your own unique perspective. But it's something that the listeners or the callers can identify with because they're going through exactly the same thing. No, he's doing a great job, Greg Kelly. Every Monday through Friday, one fifteen after the O'Reilly update, and right before my Kumbada Cheech comes onto the airwaves like he will today, Rudy Giuliani at 3 o'clock. Let's go to Tom, who's calling from Pennsylvania. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Hey, Curtis, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say you're spot on about Daniel Outlaw. Hold on a second. Hold on, Tom. Don't go anywhere. Again, uh, he violated talk radio protocol. He said... Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Tom, let me just uh, mention to you that I've almost lost my breath from the number of times that I've given out our number, 1-800-848-9222, soliciting you to call. And you were kind enough to call, so I should be thanking you. You should not be thanking me. You got that straight, Tom? All right. Yeah, I can, I can do that for you, Curtis. All right. All right. Now you're back on track. Go for it. Okay, yeah, Outlaw is a horrible pick for police commissioner. They just cleared 500 homicides down in Philadelphia, and uh, that's a uh, high since 1990, so you're spot on with that. That would be a major mistake for New York. No, but Eric Adams, through his, um, through his staff, you know, his uh, staff that is preparing him to, uh, after inauguration, to operate in City Hall, has said that he may well be hiring outside of the NYPD. I think that would be a major mistake, and definitely, as you talked about, the police commissioner in Philadelphia outlaws maybe the worst of all time there. Why would, why would you uh, conduct a Peter Principal kicker upstairs to the largest police department in the world, New York City, 
with the most on the line. Makes no sense whatsoever, Tommy. Completely agree, Curtis. Thank you. And uh, you have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, uh, God bless. Thank you. Thank you. See, we started off a little rough. He violated the three sanctions, and I got to go through those with you. First of all, you call up, you don't ask me how I'm doing. Because you know what I'm going to tell you? I've had better days. This is not a good Thanksgiving day for me. My freaking elbow is killing me. Then, as uh, he said from Pennsylvania, thank you for taking my call. I I don't have to repeat myself on that. And then the winners. Hey, this is Freddie. A first-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, if I hear that, I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Click. Let's go to uh, Teacher June calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, uh, Teacher. Hi, Ernest. Uh, I know you for a while. I met you and Nancy at the Blessing of the Animals. Uh, I wanted to thank you for the Guardian Angels taking care of me and all my fellow students on the Lexington line going to Hunter College for many years. We always saw you on the trains, and uh, it was very scary in those days, and uh, you took care of all of us. We love you, and I got all my friends in Manhattan and Brooklyn to vote for you. And I also believe that the $2 you got from the Rebbe saved your life many times. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, that was probably insurance if J.C. hadn't kicked in. But I tell you this, teacher. Did you vote twice or three times, teacher, you and your friends? No. Were some, no. Of, you, were some of your friends Democrats? Uh, no, they voted for you. No, no, I'm saying, well, I mean, look, there were some Democrats that voted for me. I actually won uh, 14 assemblymanic districts throughout the city, 12 of which uh, were Democratic assemblymanic districts. But were any of your friends actually registered Democrats? Possibly. Well, you see, if you're a Democrat, you get a chance to vote two times, three times, four times. Uh, and if you're not registered in New York City, sometimes if you live, uh, let's say, across the river in Hudson County or up in Westchester or out in Nassau, Suffolk or Mid-Hudson Valley, you get to vote there also. I mean, I don't know. It's a thing about being a Democrat. But it didn't kick in for me. If only your friends had voted for me two, three, four times, I'd be the mayor today. But let me mention, she mentioned the blessing of the animals. Uh, our colleague here at WABC, Cindy Adams, who has her show. Saturday afternoon, says Cindy Adams. In fact, I was listening to her. She was giving these two guys from Broadway a hard time. I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon. She was giving these two guys a hard time. <laughs> she was... She was <laughs> she, it was an inquisition. Oh, my God. These guys had just gotten started back on Broadway after it was two years in the dark, and she was asking them tough questions. Man, I do not want to be on the other end of an inquisition by Cindy Adams. Anyway, it was a great interview. They couldn't just do their spiel. She would cut them off in the past. But I remember attending the Blessing of the Animals right there on Park Avenue. Uh, Cindy Adams has hosted that for years. I was the guest of John Katsimatidis and Margot. And it's amazing. They had dogs. They had cats there. They had llamas. They had sheep. They had monkeys. They had all kinds of animals. It was like Noah's Ark. And I thought for sure there would be problems, right? The dogs would be fighting with the cats. Didn't happen. Then I thought they'd need the pooper scooper brigade with that many. They even had hogs in there. Yeah, pigs. Some people, you know, they had pigs. Nope. They didn't need the pooper scooper brigade. And, in fact, the animals were better behaved than their human friends. Some of their human friends got into arguments at the blessing of the animals. Again, 
great event put on annually. I know it uh, it ceased to exist, at least on Cindy Adams' part, uh, once the lockdown and the pandemic uh, uh, cr- just crushed us. But I got to tell you, <laughs> all the animals were well-behaved. They got along with one another like it was Noah's Ark. You didn't need the pooper scooper out there. And the only people you had to separate were not uh, people arguing over their animals, but just like typical humans arguing with one another. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. To the phones we go as I'm substituting for Greg Kelly today. And we'll be back tonight, the overnight, the other side of midnight for Frank Morano. It is uh, Frank, Frank giving, Thanksgiving Day because uh, his lovely wife, Rachel, broke water right when Frank was doing the morning hour show with Jet Set Juliet. He sped out of here, probably got clipped by every speed camera along Highland Boulevard once he got across the plank. It's going to owe probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars. That's all it is, a hidden tax. they got to get rid of those speed cameras. And hopefully he'll have some really good news for us. But I'll be substituting for him. And then I'm joined at the hip. It's like an appendage uh, with Chris Hahn, the uh, uh, aggressive progressive tomorrow morning when he's actually going to schlep in here and be in studio with me as we substitute for Bernard uh, Bernard McGirt and Sid Rosenberg, uh, who are away tomorrow. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to uh, Chris, who's calling from Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Yeah, hello, Curtis. Uh, the new uh, DA in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, uh, I think he's pretty much announced that he's going to be like all the other progressives that have uh, seem to be elected by criminals in all the cities. Uh, if, if you had been mayor, which would have been terrific, but uh, could you have controlled him? Could you have imposed your will on him and made, made New York safer? Well, I got to tell you, Chris, uh, exactly what you're seeing take place in both northern and southern California now, the smash and grab gangs that are going into the high-end stores like Nordstrom's and uh, Apple stores and uh, Louis Vuitton stores, Canoga Park, Walnut Creek, and then in the Bay Area, you will see a lot of those flash mobs hitting stores, not just in uh, NoHo, SoHo, uh, they're going to be hitting these stores like there's no tomorrow because they know with this new DA, Cyrus Vance was bad enough. It was turning loose Cyrus Vance at the end of his uh, term as district attorney. But with Bragg, Bragg doesn't want to prosecute anybody. Nobody. Shoplifters, right? Normally you get clipped. You walk out of a store uh, with a little bit of coin worth uh, of evaluation. No, no, no. They're not going to arrest you for nothing. Like Macy's, which sponsors the annual Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. They used to have a jail on the top floor in Macy's for all the shoplifters, bigger than two blocks away in Midtown South over my Ninth Avenue, which is the largest precinct in Manhattan, because they'd be locking up predicate shoplifters all day long. That that jail's going to be empty now because the new DA in Manhattan, Bragg, he's not prosecuting anybody. It's going to be lawless. There's going to be no consequences for stealing any kind of products whatsoever. So what you're seeing in California, the smash and grab gangs, 
you know, organized uh, thuggery, you're going to see more of in New York City, as we did, if you remember, two summers ago, June 1st, June 2nd of 2020, when they raided not just Macy's Herald, but all the shops in Midtown and then eventually in Soho. And the only ones out there fighting the looted shooters and those uh, marauders were yours truly and the Guardian Angels. Wasn't there any opposition to Bragg? Didn't anybody run against him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a a large primary. They didn't have ranked choice voting because it's considered like a statewide election. It's under those uh, provisions. Uh, There was a, a good candidate on the Republican side. But again, the media gave him little, if any, attention. And they basically had a coronation for this guy Bragg. And what troubles me is, is that when uh, Eric Adams, who is now the mayor-elect, appeared on the uh, platform of the National Action Network of Al Sharpton up on 145th Street, he said to the audience, he goes, oh, uh, I'm all simpatico with Bragg. Well, that's not what he's been saying of late. So he's going to have to take out his sword and do battle with Bragg because Manhattan has more prosecutions uh, than any other any other location, not just white-collar, high-end prosecutions, but all the lower prosecutions. And shoplifters will know that they can just run wild in Manhattan. They can do it now with Cyrus Vance. He's not prosecuting them. But Bragg has basically said it's open season in Manhattan. You want to shoplift, come to Manhattan. I know it's one 800 Let's go to Gina. Who's calling from Brooklyn? Your place to be here at WABC, Gina. Oh, hi, Curtis. Curtis, I'm happy that you talked about uh, Frank because I was wondering what happened and sending my regards. Listen, I enjoy your humor and courage is the greatest virtue. So I really admire you and I wish you another nine lives. And I'm praying for that elbow of yours because I had injuries that had negative prognoses, but prayer changes things. So keep the faith, Curtis. You know, I would have preferred, Gina, if the arm were broken by that cab. And by the way, more people are concerned about what happened to the cab than what happened to me. Can you imagine that people come up and say, oh, I hope the cab is okay. The cab, the freaking cab. They clipped me right there on 6th Avenue in front of Radio City Music Hall. The Rockettes didn't even come out. And give me CPR. Nope, they didn't offer to do that. And I fractured my elbow. And fracturing your elbow, it's like any of you out there, you know how delicate your shins are. I don't care how macho maniacal are as a woman, a guy, you can be a weightlifter. It's very difficult to strengthen your shins. You bang your shin up against a coffee table, you know how that kills you. It's, it's like painful. That's what I have every time with my elbow because it hasn't set right. So what happened is, like, last night I'm out there where they're pumping up the balloons on Columbus Avenue. Made no sense because if you went east on Columbus Avenue towards the Museum of Natural History, you had to show a vax, a vaccine passport to watch them pump up the balloons because they say, oh, you know, uh, it could be a spreader event. Meantime, everybody was across the street on the west side of Columbus Avenue straining their necks to see it. But you didn't have to show a vaccine passport there. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. So while I'm standing there with my oldest son, Anthony, and my wife, Nancy, people were patting me on the back so hard I've got to go for a chiropractic adjustment uh, tomorrow. And they're patting me on the left shoulder, which is directly connected to my elbow and shiver me timbers. I got to tell you, I was gritting my teeth the whole way. And something, you know, I was in Chinatown the other night. For the Chinese Chamber of Commerce, I was one of their speakers. 
the schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, was also there. He was shocked to see me. He did not like seeing me there. I said, hey, hey, guys, get over it. I got more Chinese-American votes in running for mayor than Eric Adams did because I earned it the hard way. Oh, no, no, no. There's something wrong there. I said, what are you trying to say? That I stole those Chinese-American votes? I earned them. Anyway, the point was, (laughs) it was so crowded, so congested on East Broadway. Again, it keep bumping into my elbow. I have a feeling... They may have to do some, I'm going to have to become illing, and they're going to start doing some drilling. Because I don't think this is going to mend. And they were offering to do acupuncture right in the middle of that banquet. I said, no, sorry. I believe in homeopathic, holistic care, acupuncture, but not at a Chinese banquet. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Yeah, well, maybe the uh, brand new transportation secretary, uh, Buttigieg, 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 won't do anything about the supply chain shortage. But he'll have to now because they're reporting that there's a crisis involving liquor shortage. Now, that can start riots. That can start looting. That led to the Whiskey Rebellion in western Pennsylvania. Ah, They didn't want to pay the tax to the new government led by uh, George Washington. But the point is, you don't provide liquor to the masses. You will have insurrection. Look at what happened during the lockdown and pandemic. I'll never forget uh, the governor uh, who you reelected, unfortunately, who calls everyone a knucklehead in New Jersey, Mr. Goldmine Sachs kept the liquor stores open. And I always wondered, because he said it was an essential business, liquor stores, and he was on with Tucker Carlson, and Tucker was trying to get him to explain, why would you keep the liquor stores open? Why is that an essential business? Well, it's part of the therapeutic community's uh, way of trying to get guys off the hooch. <laughs> what bull feathers? How could you reelect that guy who calls you all knuckleheads in, in New Jersey? Another graduate of Goldmine Sachs, I would have thought you would have learned from Chimpmunk Face Corzine. You don't promote them from Goldmine Sachs into the governor's house in Trenton, but uh, you did. You did. He almost lost. Almost lost. But this supply chain crisis causing liquor shortages, I got to tell you, Biden will have to deal with this. He may have to deal with something more serious personally, as you know, he went for a checkup recently at the Walter Reed Army Hospital. It hadn't been scheduled. It was sort of like uh, put together at the last second. And apparently they're now claiming that he's got a polyp that might be troublesome in the colon area, you know, which uh, they're going to have to test it out to see if the lesion is cancerous as such. We hope for the best. But that could be problematic. Just a reminder... Uh, that even at younger and younger ages, you have to get your colonoscopy. I tell you what a macho maniacal guy I was. I not only got colonoscopies, on the same day I would get an endoscopy, which meant they put the probe down my throat and simultaneously put the uh, probe up from uh, from below my navel. And both probes would somehow touch in the middle. Man, you talk about a jolt. An endoscopy and a colonoscopy simultaneously. 
Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC as I substitute for Greg Kelly today until the 3 o'clock hour. And then it's my kumbada cheech coming in, Rudy Giuliani. Let's go to Teresa in Staten Island, better known as uh, Staten Italy, and the only borough that I won in this mayoral election against Eric Adams. Thanks for joining us, Teresa. Hey, Curtis. <laughs> we all donated. That's what we did. Thank you. I have a Thanksgiving story for you, this, uh, and uh, I'll make it fast. Um, my two stepsons were aged 10 and 13 at the time, befriended a homeless man on or near the hill that supports the BQE near Cadman Plaza. Oh, sure. So we had a mid-afternoon Thanksgiving dinner, and they were jumping in and out of the kitchen. It seems they had plastic bags on their laps collecting for the homeless, <laughs> collecting to make a, a big Thanksgiving dinner. And unbeknownst to, to me or my or their father, they said a friend wanted them to go over to the house for dessert so they couldn't, they couldn't wait any longer. So what they really did was going to feed a Thanksgiving dinner and dessert for their newfound homeless friends. Wow. It was so sweet. Yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, Teresa, how, how long ago was that? Oh, a lot of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, well, he, the older one would be he's like 62, and the younger one passed away at age 39. Well, if you take the BQE from Cadman Plaza, downtown Brooklyn, taking it towards uh, Queens... Uh, right. and you're in that overpass underneath, which is generally parking. You cannot believe how many homeless people and squatters there are now with all kinds of makeshift huts and everything. You have drug users who are shooting up under there. You have guys. In fact, right before I had my uh, first debate against Eric Adams, I got a haircut from a guy underneath the BQE who was giving street side uh, haircuts. Uh, There's a whole group of small businesses that operate under the BQE uh, because guys and gals have figured out they got to try to got to make some coin, you know, uh, in the lockdown and pandemic taking place. But a lot of homeless people underneath the BQE and the city has done nothing for them, uh, has not provided them any services. Many of them have uh, emotional issues, mental issues, no thrive uh, intervention whatsoever. This mayor. And his wife, uh, double disgrazia, double shanda. They took a one and a quarter billion dollars from us taxpayers over five years, supposedly to help the emotionally disturbed who live under the BQE in the parks and the subways uh, everywhere. And they've done nothing, nothing at all, Teresa, nothing. And you're talking, it was about 45 years ago. Wow. So back then they yeah. were called hobos, derelicts. Right, right. Well, God but bless. That, God bless. Wasn't that... That was beautiful. And by the way, for your elbow, take, uh, get some Onacare cream, not not a roll-on. Onacare, it's a gel. So now you, very easy. Now, you, now you can you, find it any place. You're going to give me these home remedies, right? Onacare oh, no, gel. No, it's, no, it's it's homeopathic, and I and I stubbed my toe, saw stars, and this has been going on for a week or two. Oh, so and you, I put you, that on, and it's gone. The you pain stub, is you gone. stub your toe. Maybe I'll let Aaron Rodgers know, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, who has a uh, a fractured stub toe, uh, that he should use. What is that, Onicon? On a care. Are you sure you're not conning me? No, no, it's wonderful. I, I gave you. it to my neighbor, 
and I gave it to my mailman, and I, they I tell just you, raved I'll over it. i tell you it. what, what I'll use, Teresa, I'll use Ambisol. You know when you have a toothache? How many right. of you go to the counter and you get Ambisol, if there's any left that hasn't been uh, shoplifted out of the CVSs, the Walgreens, and the Dwayne Reeds? But you go for the Ambisol, and you put it on your tooth, and you say, that didn't work. I got ripped off. You know what I'm going to try? Teresa, I'm going to try putting Ambisol on my fractured my fractured elbow. No, no. <laughs> no, it's not good. No, it's it's. Well, you can't. I'll spell it for you. Yeah, yeah, spell A-R-N. it because. All right, spell that again. I wasn't too good in spelling. Right. Go ahead. Okay. A R N I C A R E gel, and it comes in a tube like a toothpaste tube. I guarantee or, you, I look. will. I will head to uh, the Dwayne Reed, and there will be empty shelves because the shoplifters came through. <laughs> and I'll ask the. Uh, a store attendant, I'll say, hey, you got any Anacare gel? And they'll say, yeah, we had it last week. But the posse came through here, and they just shoplifted everything in sight. 1-800-848-9222. When we come back, maybe the most novel solution I have ever heard of in subway survival skills came from a woman up in the Bronx who actually referred to the guardian angels as to why she now feels that she is on her own to prevent some loony kazuni from pushing her into an oncoming train in the tracks when she's waiting for the subways, which is her limo to get her to and from her job as a home health care attendant. Wanda Vela, age 51, has secured herself to a pole on the subway platform with a bike lock as she waits for a train to arrive. Yes, and other people have said it's gotten that bad. Wake up that stunad on the back porch of Gracie Mansion. He probably just had the turkey, so another excuse to sleep in the whole day, the tryptophan. And then he'll light up the bone tonight, the Maui Waui and Hindu Kush, after he and his old lady separate the seeds from the stems, and they put it together in a blunt. Oh, my God. The woman actually locks herself with a bike lock and a chain to a pole so that she won't get possibly pushed in by an emotionally disturbed person into the tracks or into an incoming train. You're not going to want to miss this story. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Wow, I was wrong. It's not my Kumbadichi, Trudy Giuliani coming up. Actually, it's Dominic Carter that you can hear Monday through Fridays from 12 midnight to 1 o'clock. I guess he's going to be on tonight before I take over the other side of midnight for Frank, who's at the beck and call of his uh, lovely wife, Rachel, who has broken water. And any minute, pop goes the weasel. We're going to know if it's a boy or a girl. We wish him all the best. But Dominic Carter... We got to stop him from singing along with the rejoins. Man, this guy is like the worst singer I've ever heard. He's got to shave it, save it for his shower stall there in Ramapo, but warn his family first so they can all go running outside. Maybe the worst singing. And then uh, James Golden, he was talking about how he wants to take singing lessons now and sing like Barry White. What is it with these brothers? Don't they realize this is talk radio? That it's not the old WWRL where you could sing a cappella or doo-wop or R&B? Man. Anyway, uh, 
Oh, I got to tell you the story of Wanda Bella. <laughs> what a piece of work here. So there are no transit cops in the subways. I can assure you that. And I don't have as many guardian angels down in the subways as I used to back in the mean old days of the 70s, 80s, and uh, early 90s before Rudy Giuliani, uh, Rudy Giuliani got elected and gave a badly needed colonic to the subway and street crime. But Wanda Vela said exactly that. She goes, you know, back in the day, there were cops and guardian angels in the subways because she's been living in the Bronx. She's a home health care attendant. And the subways are her limo, like it is for most working class people. But about two months ago, she was confronted by a crazy man on the subway platform. She's had anxiety ever since because she thought he was going to throw her into the tracks or in front of an oncoming uh, train. So what she does now, because she has to go to work, she doesn't work, she can't feed herself or her family or pay the rent or anything else. So she secures herself to a pole with a bike lock as she waits for a train to arrive. <laughs> because there are no transit police in the subways. I'm in the subways every day. You barely if ever see them. Where are they? Where are they? That's how bad things have gotten here. Anyway, let's go, uh, uh, if we can, to uh, Alfred, who is a self-appointed armchair doctor here, wants to give me a recommendation for my shoulder and elbow in Howard Beach. Hey, Alfred, is it New Howard Beach, Old Howard Beach, or Hamilton Beach? I met you by New Park the other day. My cousin is a manager over there. I know the ladies. I, I shook your hand. I have a picture with my son. At Pepino's in Bay Ridge, you took a picture with him. Yeah, now, it's not up in the post office yet, is it? Okay, no, I have it in my phone. I'm looking at it right now. Curtis, listen, you're the best. I voted. My whole family voted for you. We wanted you so bad. Listen to me. My recommendation is that his fiance is getting married in July. He just had a, 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 a an engagement party by Vitro, and uh, his girlfriend, is, uh, his fiance is a, a, head ner- a top nurse at HSS. That's the best you're going to get help, uh, Curtis. You think so? I think so. Why don't I just 100%. take, why don't I just take, her like, name, name is Lucia. Ah, Lucia. She's getting married in July. If you want to come to the wedding, I'll invite you too. I don't want any more nightmares, Alfred. I, no, I've been, I've I have been a to a wedding coming up for him. Anyway, Alfred, you remember Tofino's on uh, Bay Ridge? Of course. How could I forget? All right, that's his cousin. That's his girlfriend's cousin. They own the business. Hey, uh, what am I being introduced to your whole family on the air here? Yeah, I want to meet you. Uh, I met you the other day uh, on the Cross Bay, but yeah, I, didn't, uh, I know, go I know. To, but my uh, cousin works there. My cousin is a pizza man. Yeah, two I know. He's Alfred, been at thirty years. Yeah. Alfred, there are a lot of guys who want to meet me in Howard Beach, and it ain't in front of New Park Pizzeria. Russo's on the bay. You'll be waiting a month of Sundays for me, pal. You got the bananas on one side, the Gambinos on the other side. <laughs> uh, you can't touch this. Although you've tried. You've tried before. You've come close. You've come very close. Uh, uh, let's go to um, Larry, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Larry. Uh, hi, hi, Curtis. How are you? Oh, 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 I'll say, Larry. Talk radio protocol. Well, the, this Larry, you can't ask me how you doing, because then what I'm going to say is, no, no, how you doing? So talk radio protocol is you don't ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to tell you I've had better days, which is true. And uh, 
You don't say, yeah. hey, first time uh, caller, long time listener. You don't say that, okay? At the beginning of the show, so I don't know these things. All right. Uh, hey, look, I got to I got to do an instruction now that I'm back, Larry. Okay. Well, I had an idea about the homeless oh. men. Uh, what you do is you take the birth date of each of them and where they can be uh, located, and then you take birth dates from uh, people in the same borough, and you if you can find someone who pretty much matches the same birth date, then you know that their horoscopes are pretty much the same. Oh, so you're a believer in the horoscopes. You know that's the first thing I do. I believe in getting hard copies of the newspapers. I get in the morning the Post, the News, the Times, Newsday, and whatever freebie papers I can get or weekly papers. i got to have the hard copy. And what do you think is the first thing I read in the morning, Larry? The comics? No. Oh, oh, the horoscope. The what, horoscope. What, a, what, a, what a wise guy you are. Huh, Larry, I read the comics, huh? Because you don't think I can read anything else, do you, Larry? Well, I think you can, but I don't think you try hard. <laughs> anyway, I do read the horoscope section in the New York Post. It's the very best. I plan my day. And for some of you out there, say, what are you talking about? Isn't that what Nancy Reagan did for Ronald Reagan, the president, after he got shot and he warned her? She warned him, don't have that meeting that day at that location. And he didn't pay attention. And thereafter, Ronald Reagan listened to his wife dutifully and followed the stars and the horoscope. Did you know that, Larry? Which is why I'm a believer that this uh, idea could work. I tell you what, this is, this is what you do, uh, Larry. I know this woman. She's on 8th Avenue. Uh, I don't know how they uh, support it, but the uh, gypsies, the gypsy women, you know, they read your palms and they tell you uh, your horoscopes. I don't know how it is that they can afford the rent of a storefront on 8th Avenue or 9th Avenue or wherever they sit outside promising to tell your horoscopes. And then all of a sudden, they tell you what's going to happen in your future. How do they afford that? Do you realize what those storefronts cost? Now, I understand there's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of bait and switch in the back room with products. That's the men. I'm talking about how come some of you actually go to these gypsy women and have your palms read and you believe their forecasts as they sit outside and they say, hey, $5 and I can tell you what's going to happen to you the rest of your life. And remember, it's never bad news. Because if it's bad news, you'll never come back, right? I mean, think about it. You go to a gypsy woman and have your palms read to determine your future, and they look at the lines in your palms, big lines versus small lines, crisscross lines versus straight lines, and they tell you, they give you a song and a dance because if they were giving you bad news, you wouldn't go back, would you? It's sort of like when you check your DNA chart and all of a sudden you found out you were a serf or a slave or an indentured servant. Nobody ever finds that out. What they find out, is that they were a king or a prince, like Oprah said. Oh, uh, I, I was derived from a princess in West Africa many centuries ago. How could they? They could never have been so many kings and princesses. There had to be mostly serfs, indentured servants, and slaves. That's why I don't even want to go down that DNA trail. You know, dealing with the Mormons, the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints, they do all that background checking based on your DNA. I don't believe any of that. I don't believe any of that. Anyway, let's go to Judith, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC. Hi, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for taking my call. 
I want to ask you a question. You're very politically astute, and I don't know if this question makes sense or not, but New York is in trouble. You know that. And I really would love to see a Republican governor. The thing is like this. Is it possible to have, let's say, someone like um, Zeldin be governor and Giuliani Andrew be uh, lieutenant governor? Is that a possibility? Yeah, of course, because what you try to do is team up with people. That's what the Democrats are doing. Uh, so let's say uh, it gets they're going to have a convention at the end of uh, January, the Republicans and Democrats. That may not determine the nominee. It may be uh, you go to paper, you get the signatures, you qualify for a primary. What Zeldin has to be careful of is that Andrew Giuliani is a great retail campaigner like his daddy. In fact, I think an even better one out in the streets. This this kid, when he's with a crowd, he treats him like a mosh pit. He'll step on a car, right, to be seen. He'll give a speech, and then he'll want to jump into the crowd, and they catch him. He's really good. With a Zeldin ticket, let's say Congressman Zeldin for governor uh, on the Republican line with uh, Andrew Giuliani running for lieutenant governor, would that be an effective ticket? Look, the Republicans are going to have a a great opportunity to win the governorship. Uh, I don't think uh, Hochul has it. Uh, she's just doing everything she has uh, to now to give away the state to try to get the Democratic primary. Then naturally you have Tish James running. You got Swazi who doesn't know what he wants to do running. And you got Jumani Williams, the fake, phony, fraudulent Fugazi, who claims he's the man of the peeps, right? He's the progressive. He's the AOC acolyte. Uh, he, he wants to live out with the people. And yet... Here's a guy who doesn't want you to have to show any identification, never mind to vote or go anywhere or to enter any kind of a building. And he lives out of all places on the Army base, the active garrison at Fort Hamilton, right underneath the Verrazano Bridge. Out of all the places you could live, why does a man of the peeps decide as public advocate now running for the Democratic nomination to become the next governor over my dead body? Choose the one place that is the most safe and secure in all of New York City, the active garrison on Fort Hamilton, the Army base, underneath the Verrazano Bridge in Dyker Heights. And every night when he goes in with the taxpayer-funded SUV, with the 24-hour armed guard provided by the NYPD, even though he's the number one guy to want to defund the police, he's got to show his personal ID in order to get access to Fort Hamilton. And why does he live on that base? You would think by now the mainstream media would be pounding him about that. The inconsistency, the fake, phony, fraudulent, fagazi, reasons that he gives to defund prisons, defund the police, and yet he chooses at taxpayer's expense the safest spot in all five boroughs to live. I really, you know, it's going to be up to us to really point this out now that he's uh, officially announced and he claims he's in it to win it. And then, remember, we can't forget Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo. In fact, I didn't give him a shout-out today. Andrew, ascendeme to siu provienos fachim. And like your father Mario, you are. As he's out at that compound, Fredo's compound there in the Hamptons. That's right. <laughs> his brother. <laughs> his brother's compound. Where there are very few friends and a hell of a lot of foes and you can't get inside. But this guy is planning to run for state attorney general. Can you imagine how he would settle all scores? If the Democrats don't prevent him from winning the nomination, because it is a very good chance that whoever survives the Democratic primary process of running from uh, running for the attorney general slot, this teach out who's announced there's a whole bunch of others that Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo. That's right. Believe it or not, could win that position and then come back for a vengeance. And then I think I'll have to pack my bags and leave. 
because he will be coming after me, number one, second to none. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you speak to Dominic Carter coming up, please try to convince him that he's no singer, that he needs to keep it in the shower stall up there in Rockland County where he lives in Pomona. But listen to what he has to say, and I'll be back on the other side of midnight tonight. But right now, let me give you an update real quick. This, uh, hmm, let me make sure I get this right. This news update is sponsored by Cars for Kids. Old car giving you problems? Why not donate it? Call 1-877-CARS, that's K-A-R-S, for kids today.